in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back again to the College Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ben Jordan. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to college. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Jason O. Jason is uh, like the previous episode with Jonathan. We all met in a Japanese class last year. And uh, how's it going, Jason? I'm going good. Just today is a little rough. Today's a little rough. Yeah. Well, I hope this podcast makes it better. But today we're talking about passion and music, which I know is heavily related to you because you are big into music and it is your passion. I mean, what do you have to say about that? Yeah. So let me start with this preface that my passion in music is mainly related towards marching arts. So um, playing brass for marching band, drum corps, um, or even brass band style uh, music. And I want to preface that first because some people may lump me with like concert band, um, you know, your traditional sit down in a concert hall situation or in like a small band of like rock people. But in general, I'm very passionate about music and what I'd like to do. Gotcha. So did you get into like marching band in high school then? Yeah. So it's gonna be a little long story then. So I been doing concert bands. So like sit down bands since fifth grade. And that's when like I first started in Minnesota. I know in each state it's different as well, but I started in fifth grade in your traditional uh, concert hall or like auditorium style band. And then from there I joined marching band my freshman year. Um, to be honest, I didn't want to join. Uh, my director somehow convinced my parents to take me to the first day and see how it went. And then from there, I enjoyed it. Did four years of high school band marching band from freshman to senior year. Then I'm still in the current college band, so in the University of Minnesota marching band, going to my fifth year there next season. And then did two summers of drum corps, which is essentially the major league of marching band. So I did in total, eight, uh, 10 seasons of marching arts wow. with my 11th coming up. That's a lot. Much. I assume, is there a big difference between like marching in college versus marching in high school? I'm not really sure. I assume there'd be a pretty big difference, but maybe not. What do you think about that? There is a major difference. Um, so there's multiple styles of marching. So there's field style or field shows. So you essentially march on a football field, the gridiron, um, you know, you have yard lines every five yards you have those ticks like hashes where um they will set the ball on um and end zones and that's field shows and then there's also the parade style where you just march parade style and then in minnesota um there's a version of parade style where you pretty much put a field show onto the streets and then get judged by judges um to win essentially so for me personally when i was in high school we just did parades straight up so we did parade marching and we did some of the competitions as well in parades. But then once I got to college here, like my first day at camp, I was like, we don't do parades. We do field shows. Right. So for me, it was a learning curve. And for some others who did like from, who did field shows and converted to field shows at, in the college level, it was just an easier transition. But I think the, the most difficult is if you never played in a marching band before, and, know, and do not know any of the terminolo terminology, and you just show up like first day at camp, you're like, 
I have no clue what I'm doing. So like there's like three different levels I just explained there. I was in that middle level where I had some experience, but coming into it, I was like still new. And what instrument are you playing? I play trumpet. Trumpet. Okay. So I imagine then like half of the things that you're worried about is when you're doing the field shows, it's not just about playing then, is it? It's more about like, because you're moving around. Is this like the ones... I've seen the cool YouTube videos of like, I don't know, it's Ohio State or something where they're making like shapes on the field. Is that the kind of stuff you do? Yeah. Um, we we usually don't talk about our rivals, but I still have mad respect for the Ohio State marching band. Um, yep. So we do the same thing here at Minnesota or most college bands do the same thing. So you do a halftime show um, where you'll create forms. We call it drill um, of forms of like, characters shapes um or even characters or write outs or spellings or words on the field to convey your show um we do that here but what people don't know about minnesota is that we have one of the longest pre-games pre-game shows in the entire college collegiate football or collegiate marching band level um our pre-game is 18 18 and a half minutes long um and we essentially do traditional school songs, complex forms and shapes, and the Star Spangled Banner for the anthem um, when we raise the flag. And I would say is, I did not know that fact coming into Minnesota, but being there and experiencing it and being there for the last four years um, was great. So yes, we do, back to your first question, yes, we do do um, field shows with different shapes similar to Ohio State or or any other college band, but the way how Minnesota does it makes it a little bit more unique, especially with the history behind it. And um, it's fun, I would yeah. say. Interesting. I didn't know I didn't know about that. And I imagine, too, being in the marching band, from the people I know that are in it, it almost seems like a full-time job. Because I know you guys practice a lot. And for a lot of the year, I know you practice, too. But I also know that you develop, like, really tight-knit, groups i think within the marching band just because you're around those same people for so long i mean do you have like certain tight-knit marching band like friend groups that you're a part of and is it a lot of work like i said like a full-time job it's oh, kind yeah. of two questions in one. Oh but. yeah um we'll start with this our schedule so your regular schedule for before school so our preseason stuff so before school starts that you move in Two weeks before the end, like two weeks before, like two weeks before the end of August, um, if you're on leadership, you report for leadership training or leadership camp for uh, a three two day weekend. From there, you have a day off for prep and resting, and then our rookies move in. Um, they learn two days worth of uh, fundamentals um, of what of technique and how to play, how to be in the p- proper posture for two days. And those are like, I would say 16 hour days. Wow. Um, and then from there, the uh, veterans, those who were in the band the pre- previous season before, or maybe two seasons, all return and they'll join the freshmen or rookies and then grind 16 hours a day, every single day, up until game day. And once game day happens, next day come back for practice, then go back to the state fair to do a parade over there, and then classes start. And during class season, um, for classes, we have two-hour rehearsals, I would say, um, from 4.15 to 6. I consider it two hours because 
maybe some things may happen before or after. So two hour rehearsals pretty much um, every day. So Monday to Fridays. And if there's a game on Saturday, there's a football game. And we, if, for example, if there's an 11 a.m. football game. We have to be there practicing at six. Oh my! Goodness. But then our drama and color guard are practicing at five. Oh my! As an example, so a lot of hours do go into it, um, but you just get used to it overall. I would say um, I'm kind of used to it now, but I'm still not used to it in some ways because yeah. of how class schedules changes on the on a yearly basis. And then, what was your other question? Um, my other question is about the tight knit tight-knit communities but yeah those 16 hour days that just sounds i mean to someone like me who's not part of um has never been part of a marching band or something it's just like what like i i imagine like eight hours would be like a long time but 16 hours it's just it's just mind-blowing to me like the amount of work that goes in but i know it's an intense thing that you guys do like you said with the long pregame shows i know there's got to be a lot of preparation for for everything yeah i would say so um but the 16 hours uh, for our two-week camp before school starts, a lot of it is not as stressful or busy as you think it is. Um, we have about hour and a half to two-hour meal blocks for lunch and dinner. And okay. then um, then there is usually 12-hour days. So we're like pretty much from our 13-hour days, so from like eight to nine kind of deal. Mm-hmm. The reason I added a couple extra hours is because some days you will be like doing additional work. For me, I'm on leadership, so I do extra work before and after um and also we're since we're college kids we're dependent on ourselves so we actually hem our own uniform pants for example too Hmm. so there's that uh, maintenance of our instruments and equipment so it's not just constant practice but you're also learning uh to self-manage yourself but also self-manage others um in your own environment in that environment so yeah there are pretty long days but we get plenty of breaks and um we also have a model that if you have to step out because you don't feel great, like either to heat exhaustion or you, don't, or you feel sick, um, you can always do that. Like That's nice. That's because they have that. that's also another stigma about marching band drum corps as well, that um, if, you're, if you're not feeling great, you're supposed to suck it up and stay in there. Well, no, your health is the main priority. So if you're just staying there just because you want to stay in there because your, your fear of getting booted out or getting mm-hmm. chewed out at, no, step out. Take a breather, drink some water, and once you're good to go, come back in. Yeah, you don't want to end up overheating and, like, fainting or something. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine that happens on a super hot summer day. And then also, is it, I imagine it's super competitive to get into the marching band. I mean, how how, mu- how much competition goes into that? Is it a rigorous process? Like, is there sort of, like, interviews and, like, auditions? Or how does that, how competitive is it to get in? It depends. So let's start with if you're a freshman or a transfer student and you're coming in as a rookie, like you're brand new to the band in terms of like roster, you will submit an audition. It's just music audition um, for brass and woodwinds. So like me, I play trumpet. Um, submit an audition video. They'll review it and then they'll get back to me with my uh, how I did, if I got in or not. That, it was that simple. Were you super worried you weren't going to make it in, or were you pretty confident that you had it in the bag? I was confident, but the way how I, then again, when I did, when I finished that video and I, when I submitted it, I was like, oh, that video kind of sucked. Yeah. But then I got the email saying, congratulations, you made oh, okay. it. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, 
for trumpet, it's not that hard because essentially the trumpet section makes up a fifth, a sixth of the band. Okay. So that's so there's a lot of spots. Yeah, because essentially it's a 320 member marching band, and we we take about 60 ish spots. Like this last season, we had 67, 68 members in the trumpet section. So I would say it's easier. It's not easy, but it's easier to get into the trumpets. But the hardest places, I believe, is the drum line because they're limited to how many members they can have the drum line. And they do auditions not during the summer. Like they do it in the spring and they make you come in and do um, an audition with your prospective instrument. Wow. Like, okay. For example, or another example is flute and piccolo. Um, if, if you don't know what that is, essentially a flute is like that's a silver stick, but you play on the side kind of deal like horizontally. But it's like, it looks like a stick, a silver stick. Piccolo is like a shorter version. It can be black or silver. And they're all, that section is also hard to get into. Like those two sections are what I've heard and seen uh, new auditionees get like cut because they were just that close, like just yeah. so close to me making it. They just got beat up by someone just a little bit better. So auditions, it depends. It, some places, some uh, areas and instruments are easier, but then others are like, smaller groups and limited positions are hard to obtain. So it, it can I be see. hard or easy depending on which instrument you're trying to get into. Yeah. And what are you, what are you majoring in right now again? Uh, majoring in psychology and minoring in Japanese. Okay. So you're not majoring in music, but it is your passion. So is this a passion that you just see as a hobby or what do you plan to do after college? Do you want to somehow try to make music into a career or what's what's the end goal with that well it started when i was in wrapping up my last year in high school um my directors always harked on you know keep being in music even though you're not there to be a music uh, major or music education major or music therapy major um just keeping music as a way to be your own so for me I found playing in band and with my trumpet or an ensemble situation to be stress relieving. Like I get to be there, have fun with my fellow bandmates mm -hmm. or uh, music mates, and then, you know, have very funny group chats and send each other memes and playing our hearts out on our instruments. That's, that was the passion I was looking for when I came to Minnesota. Um, gotcha. And I certainly got it. Like, Coming yeah. in on the first day, I was like, wow, I get to be part of this amazing group, which I thought was going to be strict. Because I, when I was in high school, we were a military-style marching band, so it was a little bit strict of how we did things there. So when I came to college, it was more carefree, but we still had a very high level of performance coming out of us. Like, some days we may goof off a little bit or like maybe uh, not pay attention in some days, but when we get onto the field... Uh, or onto the streets um, for performances, it's always at our 100% best performance yeah. we can make it as it can be. So that's that was where my passion was. Like, yes, I am a psych major going to uh, psychology um, as my career path, but I find music as my stress reliever, as a hobby as well. But it's just fun, yeah. like, to be honest. And what, and, what year is this for you in the marching band then? For the U of M March, uh, this wrapped up year four. Okay. I'm coming back to year five next year. Okay. My last year. Next year's your last year. Yeah. Is that sad? Yeah, but also, that's like, a lot of time. I don't too. know. Like, I'll be honest. Like, 
once band's over, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> taken up such a large part of your life, definitely. And that's I like that you said that it's like a stress reliever because that's cool. I mean, it kind of explains why you're doing it. But I was going to ask, like, do you do this because, like, what's the reason you do it for? And I think stress relief is really cool. And I know a lot of people find that in playing whatever kind of instrument or just singing in general. So that's cool. So, yeah, next year's your last year then. You don't know what you're going to do after well, I have an idea. Um, so right now, my career path is either taking me to PhD grad school or going to work right away. And of course, like assuming eight-hour days a day, and you still have like an evening to yourself. Like I don't know what to do besides yeah. like binge watching K dramas, um, other TV shows or movies on Netflix, or having fun with you guys going out to eat or boba. I have an idea where I'll stay in music. Uh, two options. One is staying in the marching community, music community, and being an instructor or teacher. So, like, be on an instruction level, like one to one, or like a group, smaller group level, to help those in marching band or drum corps to uh, better their technique, better their playing style, so they can achieve greater things. Or the other, and or being in a brass band, so a small group of guys or gals uh, playing our instruments to our heart, uh, heart's content at like. Uh, events and or just jamming out to practices with each other in a garage somewhere so that's what i'm looking for looking forward to in the future but you know you don't know what it holds yeah that's that's definitely a good idea i think you should stick with it i mean yeah for me i was never too into music i was only in band for one year actually in middle school the first year of middle school i was in band and i played the trombone but after a year i just i don't know i didn't like First of all, carrying around the trombone to and from home in school was a pain in the like ass. Four foot long case. Yeah, it was like a four foot long case. I had to take this thing on the bus with me and carry it around and worry I wasn't going to like smack someone in the head with it and whatnot. Um, the instrument itself was all right. I don't know. I mean, I didn't get too good. I think the trombone is, it's all right. I think maybe a trumpet would have been nicer, easier to carry around and. I just remember like how much spit would get in the trombone too, which was always disgusting. There was like a spit valve at the bottom. I remember that you just open up and like spit would like fly out of it. It, it was disgusting. But yeah, after that, I think a band for just one year and then I switched to choir because I was like, I don't got to carry nothing around. I just got to sing like anyone can sing. You're not really being judged about it. And then that was that. And then... I do have a ukulele now and I've tried, <laughs> I've tried playing that and I only know like one song. I only know I'm yours by Jason Mraz. That was the only song I Jason ever Mraz learned. Song. Right. Cause it was easy to learn on the ukulele, but definitely getting better at that would be pretty cool. Do you play any other instruments other than the trumpet? Um, I'm right now learning piano uh, with the university of Minnesota, uh, just for a couple credits. The fun fact, if you're a university of Minnesota student, and you're a non-music major, and you're just looking to learn instruments, the U pr provides guitar and piano classes on campus. So if you want to do that, I suggest doing it. So far, I'm at the like you know very beginner level of playing piano, but like I've been enjoying it. Like on my off time, I'll just play songs that I like to play or covers. But um, let's get off topic here. Like you know, my passion is music. Then what's your passion then? Like besides being a student or be, hang out with friends like what's your passion 
in life right now? Like, like your favorite hobby or pastime or a stress reliever for you? Yeah. So, well, definitely doing this podcast is like a stress relief, I think, just because you get to sit down in a controlled environment and really just focus on the conversation at hand. Like, I really enjoy that. And just getting to know someone better, but not just using it to catch up, but yeah, using it to get into a mode. I think when you do a podcast, you get into a mode of like deeper thought where you just have more like conversations that go deeper in thinking. But other than that, I'm really into traveling. And so next fall, I'm studying abroad in Norway, hopefully, which would be super cool. And just every summer I try to take like a trip. Um, So I'm going back to Japan again in a month just for fun. But other than that, last summer I went, I did a Europe trip and I went to Switzerland, Poland, which was super cool, but definitely traveling. Um, I plan on being a teacher in the future, maybe ESL or reading or something. I'm teaching a reading at a summer school this summer. So we'll see how that goes to middle schoolers, which will be interesting. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Fun fact, I also teach. <laughs> you also teach? Yeah. So what are you teaching? Um, two teaching two sort of teaching but so one the first one is in youth group um and the other one is teaching in my church so they're both related to my church um i was born and raised uh vietnamese but i'm also roman catholic so so i've spent my entire life since i was able to go to school since five four years old in the same church community since wow so i never left um so I first started in the teaching position. So after I kind of, you can sort of say graduated, but it was like also uh, we just completed your rite of passage to become a Catholic adult, essentially a Christian adult. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a year called a TA uh, uh, called a TA class. So the TA class essentially is like those returning who went through that process a year before comes back in a classroom environment, but to be prepped on how to teach, prep lessons learn strategies of how to teach your faith and religion, but also your Vietnamese culture and language to the kids in our parish or our community, because you never realize it, but most cases in most church communities, the kids are there for Bible school or youth group Mm -hmm. are there 98% of the time because of their parents. Right. So they are forced into it. Yep. So that class is there to help teach us and prep us those situations because you never expect you know you don't know what to expect from kids these days especially like when i was a young adult like 18 when i first got out at 17 how i view how we view view things at that time is different from what the uh current 18 17 year olds view for example yeah, so for sure it's hard to teach but it was great experience and then of course i do youth group as well on the day so if i teach sundays our youth group our youth group is on saturdays so like the youth group is kind of more fun because a lot of kids enjoy it. There's more activities, more games. That's that we essentially use activities and those kinds of strategies to apply it to what the religion has to say and our culture has to say into your life. So essentially, youth group is kind of like the balance between the two, a classroom and activities, mm-hmm. outdoorsy camp style, like yeah, like Boy Scouts deal, and then Sundays, which is like your Bible school in the classroom environment. Gotcha. So those are the two. Uh, teaching things that I do and you know they may there may be struggles on days but I don't know did you ever get that feeling like there's a kid that's always been like like hard against you like when you try to teach and I say teach but like try to get through 
just like in terms of paying attention or just not paying like, attention but like connecting with them like if yeah if, like it was a kid like for example if there was a kid like johnny for example johnny always dozes off in class he doesn't pay attention but you know say like after a couple months into the school you know he finally opens up like one of your like lectures or one of your uh, topics you talked about in class for example got through to him and then he kind of opened up and it kind of gave you that moment of like i finally got through to him like he um sees you as a role model kind of deal does that make sense yeah so i guess i got a good story about that so last summer when i was in europe i was there for like four weeks but for two of the weeks i was teaching at an english camp in poland and there was this one kid i remember specifically named tomas uh, thomas and he was just I mean, there was different levels of kids there. Some were really excited to speak English with you and try to practice, and others were completely closed off, and you had to try to crack their shell. So Tomas was one of these kids, and he, we couldn't figure out. Me and the other counselors really were having a tough time just getting him to talk about anything. But then specifically, I remember one day when one of the counselors found out that Tomas was super interested in airplanes and he was one of the people who knew all the different like models of aircraft like all the boeing airplanes and all the airbus and he could tell you everything about it even in english which in polish was his native language he could tell you about all this in english and i remember one of the counselors saying this and we were like oh well if we're going to talk to tomas let's just talk about airplanes and like see where that goes and then when you would do that he would just completely open up and like talk to you for just on and on and on about it so it's just like finding those kind of things I feel like I feel like almost every kid has one of those kind of things and if you can find that you can really get them to open up and not just about that topic I feel like once he started talking about airplanes he became more comfortable with the people he was speaking with so then he was able to like go on to other topics beyond that so it's a it was a pretty cool story for me this is like the like the feeling of um, like I did it, like the success story, like the door I got, you got over that hurdle essentially or that hill um, for me at least. Like um, right now I have a class of 56 kids right now. Wow. And in these are class. ninth, eighth graders. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're in, they're in pre-confirmation. So like they're getting prepped for the next course, which is essentially like the last year technically for them next year. So um, that many kids, but, for me, like when I got, it was able to get through a couple of kids because I was able to connect with them through their passion through music, either be marching or orchestra or choir, you know, I was like, yes, I got through to them. And then I was like, okay, we can help these kids even more because they were able to open up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always been a struggle for teaching no matter what, like once a kid is closed off, you have, they have to open up for them to be, you know, be part of the community or like even just speaking up, talking more just talking about other things yeah and And even for me too sometimes there's times where you get through to a kid you find a topic that he likes maybe a kid likes nba and i've watched nba and watched basketball so i talk to him about that but it doesn't necessarily it opens him up and he becomes comfortable around me and respects me but he's still maybe not paying attention in the class or like taking serious like what we're trying to teach him so that's always been the hardest for me is like me being like 
a college male allows me to connect pretty easily with a lot of the male students, like middle school students that I've worked with through video games, through sports and whatnot. I can connect with them. But then it becomes like, how do I still make sure that they're learning what they're supposed to learn and on task while still like having a a good relationship with them like that? So it's super hard, I feel like, to because you can be the cool teacher, you know, who you're the cool teacher who everyone likes, you're super nice, but that doesn't make you a good teacher because it could still be that just because you're the cool teacher, you're not getting across what needs to be taught and whatnot. Sorry, I'm distracted. I just saw a fat cat. That's yeah, funny. no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's a good experience. I think that's common amongst many counselors and teachers who in general will experience that. That's the thing. Like my, my, my thing is there's no one person that has never experienced it in some way or form. Everyone who has teached or is a teacher taught. Or, or taught, yeah. there you go. Um, I can, words are hard. Um, you know, they face it in some way. Like they, they'll face adversity. Same with, um, no matter anything you do. Oh, quick plug here. Okay. Um, I forgot. I you forgot to mention. I also host a podcast. Yeah, you do. You do. That's uh, why you're so good at talking. In this one, no, I, I suck. <laughs> um, I host a podcast. It's called Ope, a podcast. O P E. Period. A podcast. Um, the podcast is a podcast with me and three other co-hosts, um, where we talk about Min- University of Minnesota sports. So all Golden Gopher sports that's related to this campus, because we're very devoted fans and follow what they do because we want to win championships and have fun. So if you like sports, I suggest following along to OPA podcast right now. We're on off season mode, but we'll be releasing an epi- Ooh, teaser right here. We're releasing an episode after the weekend of April the 13th from that Saturday. And then we'll be back to our regular season form coming up in late August for the first football game of, the home season yeah definitely check out jason's podcast i'll put it in the episode notes too so people can look there in the description of this episode uh it's a good podcast he's doing great things but it's okay it's already been 30 minutes then as well so i guess it's also we'll, on soundcloud it's also on soundcloud itunes itunes spotify spotify and youtube and in video YouTube. form wow that's a lot of platforms i'm yeah. trying to work on getting this podcast out on all those platforms too so hopefully by the time you're listening we are on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and whatnot. But we are on Spotify and Player FM, Stitcher, and I think those are the ones we're on right now. But, yeah, any parting words, Jason? No, I don't. So have a good night, everyone. Yeah, thank you, guys. See you later.